0: the truth news network in a time when narrative supersedes truth when facts are the enemy in a time where even orwell would look at things and shake his head in disbelief in a time when it takes backbone to stand up to the slings and arrows of outrageous deception thank all that's holy.
1: you have a voice
0: tnn the truth
1: news network and dan newman Well, just when you think it's safe, you can't get anything done. It just didn't, it isn't working. Good morning. That's what we're dealing with here. Northwest Louisiana, believe it or not, got some rain. We're in the middle of a real thunderstorm and in our studios, as you can imagine, everything's electric. Electronics are very sensitive when it comes to, uh, electricity, like lightning. So, We have a generator. We're on a generator, and internally we have all of our uh, electronics hooked up to make sure that we never, during a show, go off the air because of electricity. Well, guess what? Everything in the studio just went bloop about ten minutes ago, and that's why we're a few minutes late getting with you. But we're here, and it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. I love Fridays. I love weekends you know, you get to relax a little bit. I don't care how busy you are. You typically don't run as hard on Saturday and Sunday as you do Monday through Friday. Typically. I know some of you do. Some of you go nuts on the weekend. Um, I don't even remember what age I got to when I decided, hey, I'm not going to go nuts (laughs) on the weekend. It was a long time ago. I've never been a party guy. Uh, When I grew up, I lived in a little rural town in South Louisiana called Franklin. I did a lot of fishing, a lot of hunting, uh, ate a lot of crawfish, ate a lot of uh, whatever we caught, whatever we were able to hunt and find. It was kind of cool back then. But then, you know, I got all sophisticated. Well, let me just tell you what's in store for you today. You're going to like this. I think you everybody knows now that there is more to this COVID-19 vaccine than they've been telling us. And I got to be honest with you, the medical doctors that are in that circle, you know, the ones that are way up there, the experts on everything. And I'll throw Fauci into there just because he's, you know, part of the head of the CDC. But I think a lot of doctors were told things by the manufacturers of these drugs. If you remember correctly, there were a lot of real doctors at the beginning of this vaccination thing that said, whoa, wait a minute, we've got to have real trials for this, extended trials, make sure we analyze everything, the top to the bottom of all these vaccines before we put them out there. They didn't do that. They rushed them out. They got them in everybody's arms as quickly as possible. And the radioactive fallout, it's not radioactive, but there is tons of fallout. You're going to hear a little bit about that from a professional level from a guy named Richard Hirschman. I told you he'd be with us today. He's a board certified funeral director. He's an embalmer, but that's kind of creepy. He's got over 20 years of experience in this field. Since '04, he has worked for hospitals throughout the US, and after the COVID immunization became widely distributed, his typically, I guess you would call what he does in embalmer, a uh, predictable job, took a bizarre turn. One day in the middle of the year, 2021, he was preparing a body for preservation, So as he started making his preliminary cuts into the flesh, I know that's a little gross, but it happens. His tools that he uses were met with unusual resistance. There was an unknown blockage that was stopping the necessary fluid draining of that cadaver. So he was hoping to remove whatever the obstruction was, and he reached through the incision and pulled out something unbelievable. Now... He's going to be with us in about 10 minutes live. And I wanted to give you that preface before he comes here because I want to give him as much time as he needs to explain what is going on. Now, let me say this. He's very clear about he is not a medical doctor. I told you what he is. He's a board-certified funeral director and embalmer. So he's not trying to play the role of doctor. When he comes on, you'll hear him, and he will not be... Um, as formal, medically formal, as he would be, I would assume he would be, if he was a medical doctor. And after we finish our conversation with Richard Hirschman, you are going to hear a narrative, an analysis, a story, breaking news that came out overnight last night about all this mess, and that you will hear from not only a medical doctor, but a leading physician at Yale School of Medicine. So it's going to be a full day, absolutely full day. A couple of things I want to tell you about so we don't get this lost in the shuffle today. A few things are pretty big. Have you wondered, have you? I know we all have, we've talked about it here coming up with the real reason that the progressives, and I I shudder every time I say that term, nothing about the Democrat Party is progressive. Nothing is. Oh, they want to throw in all of these nuances that make us feel less like humans, certainly less like citizens, all these rules, the verbiage that's changed, you've got to go woke, and if you screw up, there's somebody there that is self-anointed, It's going to whip you or send you to the corner. You know what I'm talking about. So what's the big deal about 5 million new immigrant voters? Those left-wing activists, they are successfully, very successfully, converting millions of economic migrants into Democratic-leaning voters for this midterm election. Now, this comes from a report out of a left-wing polling entity. So I want to make that clear. Here's what it said. Quote, the new American majority has begun to demonstrate its powers in numbers. They're talking about a July 20th report, two days ago, titled New American Voters 2022, Harnessing the Power of Naturalized Citizens. By the time the midterm elections come around, they can total an estimated 5.19 million, this report claims. Here's what it says in part this multiracial, multigenerational, and majority women group of nationalized citizens represent a potential voting block that in 2022 can decide various political outcomes, including who controls the U.S. Senate, by voting in states like Georgia. Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Florida. These new populations, now these are naturalized immigrants. They've gone through the process. They're at some point in it. That number is more than enough to flip many elections that GOP leaders and their business donors, they're expecting to win. So let's look back a few years. How about 30 years? Over those last 30 years, Immigrants have flipped a bunch of GOP-leaning districts and states to elect far-left Democrats, and that includes Democrats in New Jersey, California, Virginia, Georgia. This new 2022 immigrant voter bloc include a bunch who came to the U.S. during the pro-migration, pro-business presidencies of George Bush and Barack Obama, if you call Obama's eight years pro-migration, which it was, but pro-business, not so much. Many of these immigrants are still poor or likely to look for aid from Democrat policies in our economy where their wages are kept low, their housing is made expensive by mass migration. The scale of new voters may be large enough to wipe out the GOP gains among the growing number of recent middle-class Latinos those Latinos are worried that Democrat policies are going to wipe out their blue-collar jobs in the manufacturing, transportation, energy sectors, and in agriculture. Where'd this report come from? The National Partnership for New Americans, NPNA, the Service Employees International Union, the Asian and Pacific Islander American Vote, and the U.S. Immigration Policy Center. So this is not a fly-by-night little Telephone poll. This one is a real poll. And I don't know, it is a far left poll from these groups that put this out. So that always makes me suspect. I'm sure it does you too. There's a lot to this though. There's a whole lot to it. And let me tell you what else slipped out overnight. Migrant prosecutions. Now, who would that be? That would be these illegals that come across that are they're caught committing crimes when they get here. They are supposed to be prosecuted under federal law here in the United States for violating immigration laws. But guess what? Under Biden in 2021, the prosecution of these accused criminals decreased by 80%. Think about that. On Monday of this week, the Washington Free Beacon got a hold of some internal data that showed that the Biden administration isn't prosecuting a majority of illegal border crossers. In January last year, Biden assumed office. He immediately began overhauling immigration policies. In fiscal year 2021, ended on September 30th of 2021, Biden brought the prosecution of illegal immigrants down to almost nothing, the data obtained by the Free Beacon, it shows prosecutions fail by 80% while illegal immigrants cross the southern border and skyrocketing numbers. According to DHS, Homeland Security, the U.S. Marshals Service only took 2,896 illegal immigrants into custody for the 2021 fiscal year. Think about that, less than 3,000. The federal government prosecuted 13,000. Some think Biden's immigration policies are making illegal immigration worse. And my hand's up. I believe that. And it is the worst crisis at our southern border in U.S. history. In 2021, Border Patrol officials encountered 2 million illegal immigrants. Those are the ones they got face-to-face. What about the other ones? We don't know. Two little areas of concern this morning that I wanted to start the show with. And I wanted you to make sure you got that info before we dig into our other meat for the show today. This immigration stuff, folks, it's not good. We've told you from the very beginning of this, way back even before this show existed, we were very positive that this push by previous presidents, Barack Obama, Bush 43, Bill Clinton, and all the way back as far as Ronald Reagan to get these illegal aliens in the United States and get them legal. Of course, when they get legal, they can get the right to vote. Democrats are doing everything they can to take ownership, turn these people into slaves, make them be committed to the Democrat Party for their jobs, their health care, their education, and where they live. And it looks like they're doing a good job. We're going to break. When we come back, Richard Hirschman will be with us live at TNN Live.
2: Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your
1: order? Yeah, I'll have a pre-meeting pump-up, a
2: Monday fixer, and a screaming boss recovery.
3: So that's one peppermint mocha, one McCafe frappe, and one fruit smoothie?
2: Yep.
4: Name your drink. McDonald's has it. We're your destination for those special flavors that help you get through your day. Get any small McCafe smoothie, frappe, shake, or espresso drink for only $2. Even the delicious new peppermint mocha. For a limited time, price and participation may vary.
5: Dear Mind, I was in a good
0: place, and the world changed.
6: Daily uncertainties became huge struggles.
0: I've missed so much, especially the grandkids. A lot happened to all of us.
6: It's okay to not feel fine.
0: Small things each day go a long way. Make time for you. Take Take care,
7: me. Create a healthier relationship with your mind. Search Dear Mind for more. Authorised by the Queensland Government, Brisbane.
5: Papa John is not interested in quality, he's obsessed with it. Because Papa John's a pizza maker, it's what he does. That's why you've got Papa's Quality Guarantee, signed by the man himself. Love your pizza or we'll deliver another absolutely free. It's my guarantee, better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. And right now, save 25% when you spend 25 pounds or more online.
1: Remember that era back in the '60s? Everybody was trying—you know—it was all about love and getting together and making the world a better place. Where the heck did that go? (laughs) I have no idea. Well, thank you for joining us today. And joining us from Alabama today is Richard Hirschman. I told you about him at the top of the show. Thank you for joining us today, Richard.
8: Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me on.
1: Okay. I told the folks that you're not an MD and so I get that and we won't expect anything um, doctoral from you today, but I told the folks you're a pro at what you do. You've been doing it for 20 years and uh, you've worked in all kinds of settings doing what you do. So you're an experienced guy at this. You've seen it all when it comes to um taking care of bodies after there's death. And I don't want to get into the gritty details of what you do. Uh, some of our people haven't eaten breakfast yet. But I have one important question I've got to ask you before we get started. A really sure. important question. You ready? Yes. Alabama or Auburn?
8: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, That's a good one. I, uh, I, I, I'm Auburn. Only because it keeps the peace in the house and the family.
1: I got you. <laughs> F- folks you didn't know this, but he lives in Alabama, and everybody that lives in Alabama they've got a, they've got a bow to one of the two, Auburn <laughs> or Alabama.
8: That's uh, correct.
1: You't you, you weren't expecting that one to come, were you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but now we know you're keeping peace at home, and that's a big deal for all of us. Well, I think it's all about
8: keeping the peace.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. So back to business, you found something very mysterious all of a sudden. And so I'm not going to ask you a bunch of questions about that. I want you to explain what you found.
8: Yes, the, uh, the stuff that I've been finding, it uh, kind of started um, kind of slowly, I think because the, in, the clotting issues was on the increase. But about May or June of last year, I really noticed something was very different. It
1: wasn't any longer just about normal clotting, was it?
8: It was no longer about normal clotting. You it was mind? about these clots that were so um, together that you could pull them out in long strands. And they had a white fibrous tissue running along in it. And then sometimes it came out just like a white fibrous tissue just by itself.
1: Did you have any... I I know you were shocked because I don't think you've seen this before. But did you have any idea of what was going on? I'm sure you analyzed where these bodies were coming from. Did you think maybe... Something's going on, some kind of disease or whatever in that particular area. I I mean, in your business, again, you've been doing this 20 years,
8: right? This must have floored you. Well, it did. Um, and I became concerned because this strange clotting was coming from a variety of different bodies and it didn't seem to matter whether they died of old age if they died of a heart attack or a stroke or a cancer, they all were starting to exhibit a unique pattern. And so I was thinking something must be wrong. Something's causing it. And uh, in the beginning, you know, we just was getting through the COVID thing. And I thought, well, maybe there's something to that. But as time went along, I was beginning To get concerned that it wasn't COVID because some of these people hadn't had COVID. Um, But then I started asking questions about the vaccine status. And often I would find out that they were vaccinated. And that's what what started really tipping me off to the vaccine. And I can't prove that it is. Sure. But it seems like there's a pattern there.
1: Okay, so you're in um, the extended medical field. I'm putting it that way. I know you know doctors, and I know in yes. your business, you guys are very close. As a matter of fact, this whole thing, this specific kind of thing, broke over in the U.K. by Dr. Lundy, right? Um, I'm not sure. I've, I heard about him. In fact, I carried a story here, I guess, a year and a half ago and we reached out to try to connect with him to get him on our show. But th- I, I said that to say this, this is nothing that's brand new, but it's kind of been kept quiet. It, that to me, when I, when I really began to think through the process, this is something pretty significant. I mean, when people's blood becomes elastic And it's not normal clotting that's happening. And you find that over and over and over again. I'm sure you raised the alarm with some folks who, who did you pull into the conversation about this? I'm just curious, not asking for names.
8: Yeah. And I won't give names. Um, so we are not necessarily totally connected with doctors as, as you might think. Um, as funeral directors, a lot of times they have to wait for the doctor to fill out their death certificate portion. Yeah. Um, so we're, it's not like we're on a, hey, the, hey, you know, what's up, Bob? You know, let me talk to you about this. Um, but when I started seeing these things, um, I started raising questions and I was asking fellow embalmers Um, people that I know that are corners and because there are some corners that are in the business as well. So they're embalmers too. And none of us, none of them have seen this stuff. I started taking pictures in late September because uh, nobody was understanding exactly what I was seeing. And. I couldn't describe it to him. So I thought, well, pictures, the next best thing.
1: Sure. And, uh, what were their comments when they saw
8: them? <laughs> shock? I can only imagine shock. I showed my personal doctor when I only had three pictures on my phone and he called another doctor into the room just to show it to that other person. Mm. And He was like, that looks like a casting of the vascular system. I said, yeah. And then he goes, well, the CDC says that the vaccine is safe and effective, and I recommend you get it. And I was like, I think I'll pass at this time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, fortunately for many of us, um, we didn't swallow the Kool-Aid. And I won't take you into a long conversation about pro or anti-vax. But what I told the folks when I introduced who you were at the top of the show, I told them that this whole vaccination thing, a lot, in fact, most medical doctors in the United States were really concerned with the fact this vaccine stuff, starting with Pfizer and Moderna, it was pushed through the normal process of making sure a vaccine is correct, is safe, does the job, a bunch of human trials and testing, and none of that happened. There were a lot of them that expected some of the stuff. I don't, I don't think I heard anybody talking about this being a, a possibility coming out of a vaccination, but a lot of other things have happened, and there is so much misinformation out there And I know you want to find out what it is and you talk to your fellow embalmers and funeral directors and they haven't seen this or haven't noticed this. Who do you turn to to get more information?
8: Well, um, I was put in contact with uh, Dr. Jane Ruby and she saw the images and did an interview with me. And that is what broke the ice. I've had Other interviews with different people like Steve Kirsch and um, Daniel Horowitz. And what's happening is now (laughs) I've had so many actual doctors call me and discuss this stuff with me. They want to know more. And now I've sent out samples to several different doctors. And hopefully we're going to get some lab results. To figure out exactly what this is because my thing wasn't to try to pin vaccinated against unvaccinated sure it's simply to find out hey something's going on it's affecting a lot of people i can't prove that these clots are killing them but i'm sure it's not helping them and maybe it's an example uh, example or maybe it's a uh an underlying issue that's causing all these adverse reactions. I don't know that that's for them to figure out.
1: I would have thought, and most Americans now looking back over their shoulders, thought that when this vaccine was put out, endorsed by the white house, the CDC, everything had been tested and it was okay. Um, It's not just this, and we don't, like you said, we don't even know about this and what it is and how it impacted anybody or even if it had anything to do with the vaccines or the vaccine-adverse reactions. 120,000-plus Americans died, according to the CDC, and at least uh, that many died, with reactions of different sorts to these vaccines. I think the thing that most everybody that's listening in right now, and we have a big audience, they knew you were coming, or people are wondering what the heck is going on. And you don't know. My doctor doesn't know. We don't know which doctors do, if anybody does. But what we do know is there's something that's unexplainable that we Americans need to be explained what it is. And so I know you sent some of this off for some lab testing. I'm not asking for when or who or whatever. I'm going to ask you this. When you get that information, if it includes anything that you can put your finger on and say, hey, here, here, maybe it's one, two, three, the three different things it might be and the causation and that kind of stuff. Would you come back and give us all of that information?
8: Of course, I I would be happy to. Um, There is kind of a consensus of, you know, what's causing it. They're believing that it's the spike protein is causing this inflammation throughout the body. And, you know, until they do the lab analysis and really dig deep into it, I think all of this is speculation. Sure. The one thing I have been told is that this is not blood. So therefore what we've been calling blood clots are really not blood clots at all. Now
1: that's scary. That's scary. It
8: it is because the only thing in your, the only thing in your vascular system should be mostly blood.
1: And you would think that a, a small volume of a, a vaccination st- jab in your arm certainly doesn't include enough volume of anything that could do this, unless something's going on with what is going into those bodies, and we got to yes. find We got to find that out. Of course, all of this happens in the shadow of President Biden. He is. Um, well, we got a dog going off. <laughs> yeah, we had a we got a crop duster flying around the okay. house and. I just got excited. (laughs) I got you. Uh, President Biden, Mm COVID-19 positive for the second time, double vax, double, um, he got the after shots, whatever they want to call them, boosters, and they they don't boost. And so you put that in the context of what you're talking to us about here that has been found, and we don't even know what that is. Uh, We broadcast a segment here last week of about six different speeches President Biden said, in every one of those, you will not get sick if you take a vaccination. You will not die. Right. And if you don't take the vaccination, you're going to get sick and you may die. And that's when he was calling it this whole pandemic as a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And now we have all these vaccinated people that are getting COVID again and getting sick, real sick on other stuff. I'm sure you're You know, I'm glad you bring that up
8: this is you know this is speculation it's kind of my feeling um it seems like the powers that be are trying to separate us whether it's through politics race gender now it's vaccine against the unvaccinated yeah and as this stuff comes out and we find out if it is the vaccine then (laughs) then they, I think they're going to try to get the unvaccinated to hate the vaccinated. And I, and I believe that the the real answer is we need to come together as a people because we're all in this world together. And God, I believe is the only real answer. Um, if God can heal my friend in Wisconsin, Jennifer Reich, who had a horrible eye accident and He totally healed her. I'm sure he can heal many more. So we need to come together in peace. We need to look for what this is so we can find a way to help people, not to divide people.
1: My brother, what you just said is the best thing that has been said on this show today and probably will be the best thing said on this show today. I want to thank you for saying that. And we all know when we're living through the most divisive times. I'm 68 years old. How old are you? I am 54. Okay. In your 54 and my 68 years, there has never been a time in the United States of America where the citizenry was as divided as we are today. And all right. I'm, with, I'm with you. I don't think there's a president that can pull it all back together. I don't think Donald Trump can pull it back together. I don't think there's anybody that can. They can open the door, but that's been happening. The doors are being opened, and people just will not go through a door to get to the facts about anything. And so it's just anger and hatred. And that's sure not going to help the mental uh, situation that a lot of people are living in because of the pandemic. And these kinds of things that come up that you found, nobody prepared you for that. You found it. Not knowing things and people getting fearful is the worst thing that can happen to people is to not be able to get answers for something that they know is real.
8: You bring up something that I was, uh, had somebody tell me recently. You need to be careful of what you say because you're not an expert in um, blood or whatever and you're going to scare people. I don't know any way to bring out the truth in what I'm seeing without bringing some type of fear. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to realize that this stuff may be riding along in their veins and arteries. Yeah. Some of them took it. The vaccine. That's that's if this is is caused by the vaccine, which my gut tells me it is. But nobody wants to admit that is going to be in their body and many of them were coerced into getting this vaccine and they say you have the freedom to not get it but you don't need to work here either or we're gonna fire you or we're not gonna hire you unless you get this vaccine
1: a huge number of people that took the vaccine did it that didn't want to didn't exactly. trust didn't trust it didn't think it had been tested didn't think it was good or didn't know that it was good and a lot of those people if this is vaccine related and again I'm with you we're not saying it is and we will not say it is let me tell you what we do here richard we tell this to people all the time we're going to bring factual things things that are factual that maybe what it's about is still unknown but it's happening we're going to bring those things to you when we deem them to be important which is this this is very important we don't have all those answers Richard doesn't have all those answers but our promise to you and our promise to everybody that uh, listens to the show reads our articles at truthnewsnet.org we promise them we'll keep digging when we get the facts good or bad We'll come back and say, hey, you remember Richard Hirschman was on the show, the embalmer from Alabama that likes Auburn to keep peace in his family? (laughs) He came back with real factual information from a laboratory. And here's what it says. Or we'll let you, obviously, I want you to come back to do that. But that's the way we function here. And I want to thank you for being honest, clear, Uh, very, very good at explaining what you know, and as I told you earlier before we went live on the show, when you get more answers, when whoever gets more answers that are confirmed, we want you to come back and tell us about it.
8: And I'll be happy to do so.
1: Richard Hirschman from somewhere in Alabama, and I want to thank you for being here, and we will keep our eyes on what you say elsewhere. We're going to make sure we are plugged into what you've got in the way of information. Thank you so much for being here. You have a great weekend.
8: All right. Thank you, Dan.
1: That was an amazing story that we just heard. As he said, we're not trying to scare anybody. We just want people to be armed with the truth, with the truth. You can make good choices. A lot of people apparently made choices to be vaccinated. A lot of them voluntary choices that paid a price already. About 130,000 Americans have been documented to have died from adverse reactions from the vaccines. Wow. I told you, we've got another story along this same line. That's up next at TNN Live.
0: It's a lot to take in, but when you need a refresher, it's all here. 24 7, 365. Every podcast, every blog. TNN, the Truth News Network. TruthNewsNet.org.
4: Dinner, dinner, dinner. Every day you have to think of what's for dinner. Well, now Subway has a solution that is sure to please every person you have to feed for that last meal of the day. It's called Dinner Tonight. Every day after 4 p.m., Subway is offering a Dinner Tonight special, which includes two regular 6-inch subs, two bags of chips, and two 21-ounce fountain drinks, all for just $11.99. This offer is available all day long on Sundays. Subway of Kodiak, eat fresh. Have you ever wanted to learn a new language like French, Spanish, or Russian, but thought it would be too difficult and time-consuming? Then go to Babbel.com and try it for free. Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you will actually use. In 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel uses a modern conversation-based technique that makes language engaging, fun, and memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then, sentences gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations about real life topics. Babbel is created by language experts who use the space repetition method to help you learn quickly and remember what you learned. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
0: This is the truth your mama warned you about. TNN. The Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org.
1: And Dan Newman. Here's what we'll do. Of course, you know, after every TNN live show, you can get that show. You can download it, any one of the podcast sites, um, Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, even Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn. You can get them all there. This show in its entirety will be posted at the bottom of today's story, the front page story, at truthnewsnet.org. Now, the whole show will be up, and what we're going to do is add, on top of the show, there'll be another file, and it will be that interview with Richard Hirschman that you can listen to again, you can share it with others, whatever you want to do. But we'll make sure, and as you heard he promised, he's going to come back when he gets those lab analyses back. He's not a doctor. He made it very clear, and he wouldn't postulate. He wasn't being a, um, a Dr. Anthony Fauci undertaker. <laughs> he said, I'm a board-certified funeral director and embalmer. That's it. He's leaving the medical stuff, the real medical stuff, up to the do- doctors, and I'm glad he did that. Also, don't forget, we promised today, Friday, end of the week, We know who's going to run for the president with the Democrat Party nomination coming up in 2024. We got it figured out. Before the end of the show today, we're going to share that with you and how we got to that particular um, concept, idea, or belief. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be happening the way that we see it happening. And I, I'm telling you this. Um, remember way back, it's documented. document. It was on Facebook. Two or three days before Melania and Donald came down the escalator and he formally announced he was going to run for president, that was back in 2015, I wrote an opinion piece. It was published, and I predicted then Donald Trump would win the presidency in 2016. And let me just remind you, I also predicted Donald Trump would be reelected in 2020. So anyway, that's a story for another day. But uh, I think we've got it nailed down. Who's going to represent the Dems? And to be honest with you, if this happens, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a whole lot tougher to win the House and even uh, have a shot at winning the Senate and the White House in 2024. Woo. Woo. I got you thinking about it. Also, I told you, we pushed this um, overnight. We put this out in a in a text. Um, Tucker Carlson last night, he had Dr. Harvey Richon, who's the head of the medical school at Yale University, a really sharp guy. He's not an in-the-tank uh, political perspective at all. But there's a lot of things that are happening right now. We just talked, Richard and I did and you listen in, we talked about the fact that people are vaccinated and people are double vaccinated and people are boosted and double boosted and they're getting COVID. And of course, the way it's been passed out to us is those are variants. You know, we can't we can't deal with them until they actually become an existence and then we can make some changes and take care of that. Well, they didn't tell us that up front. They told us after it started happening. That's a scary thing in America today. Now, what I'm going to play for you to hear that I pulled out of Tucker Carlson's show last night, it's not the whole conversation. And if you want to get the whole, the important pieces I left in here, but still after editing some of the other things out, it's nine and a half minutes long. Let me tell you this. You listen to this. I'm not asking you to, I'm telling you. You listen to this, because it's going to give you some answers, but it's also gonna give you some hope that for the things that we don't have answers for in the COVID, whatever you wanna call it, hysteria, pandemic, whatever, it'll give you a little hope. Here's Tucker Carlson, and later in this piece is Dr. Harvey Risch.
9: But the real story here is the medical story. Joe Biden and a whole lot of other people have gotten pretty sick with COVID after getting multiple shots. What is that about exactly? How did that happen? It's easy to just mock that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's clearly untrue. But is there a connection between getting most, multiple covid vac shots and getting sicker? Is it possible that the vaccine actually can hurt you, especially if you keep getting boosted? Can it weaken your immune system? Well, that looks possible. Multiple studies have looked into this. Just last month, the Journal of Food and Chemical Toxicology published the findings of several mRNA researchers, and we're quoting. In this paper, we present evidence that vaccination induces a profound impairment in type 1 interferon signaling, which has diverse adverse consequences to human health. Well, that seems like a headline. Did you read that in The New York Times? No, you probably didn't. Kind of weird since hundreds of millions of people got the shot the researchers continued that in their studies of the covid vaccine quote we identified potential profound disturbances in regulatory control of protein synthesis and cancer surveillance these disturbances potentially have a causal link to neurodegenerative disease myocarditis bell's palsy liver disease impaired adaptive immunity impaired dna damage response etc so It's possible, in fact, it's looking likely that the vaccine might suppress the immune system. This fact, the authors concluded, will quote, have a wide range of consequences, not the least of which include the reactivation of latent viral infections and the reduced ability to effectively combat future infections, end quote. Now again, we sincerely hope that's not true. But it's not just the conclusion of one scientific journal. The Lancet, maybe the most famous scientific journal in the world, released similar findings in February. The Lancet's piece was entitled, quote, risk of infection, hospitalization and death up to nine months after a second dose of COVID-19 vaccine. A physician called Kenji Yamamoto made this observation about the data from The Lancet. He wrote this in a letter to the Journal of Virology and we're quoting. The study showed that immune function among vaccinated individuals eight months after the administration of two doses of COVID-19 vaccine was lower than that among the unvaccinated individuals. Ah, Now, your first response, if you're a humane person, to a line like that has got to be deep sympathy because people were misled, they were forced. They were forced. Medical ethics thrown out the window People were forced to take medicine they didn't want and some of them may have been hurt by it and you don't have to take this man's word for it pull up the lancet study yourself you won't find anything of the text of the article saying what kenji yamamoto said which is weird why would the lancet want to hide a major finding like that we can't say but if you look at table three in the piece here's what you'll find buried in the data among people around the age of 80 who have been double vaccinated that would include people like joe biden the per capita rate of medical incidences, including hospitalizations or death, is nearly twice as high as the rate of serious incidence for the unvaccinated. This is 180 days after vaccination. What is that? And why is no one interested? The piece also includes a chart showing negative vaccine efficacy for all ages after eight months for all participants in the study. So again, This is sad news for a lot of Americans, but it's also a profound indictment, maybe the greatest indictment in our lifetimes of our leaders, their recklessness, their pigheadedness, their dishonesty. Given this, how is the D.C. government, among many others, still requiring schoolchildren, public and private schoolchildren, to get a COVID vaccine? That's a question that no one asked at today's White House press briefing. How are members of the U.S. military being dismissed without their pensions because they won't take this same vaccine in light of these study results? Is no one paying attention? How is this allowed? But instead, today at the White House briefing, all the questions are about the proof of life video that Joe Biden's office released. Is there a single public statement Joe Biden has made since Inauguration Day that he did not read off a teleprompter? Is there one? Find it. So the question that came up today's press briefing was, after seeing that, is who shot that footage? Is that person in danger? Well, once again, the president's glass ceiling shattering publicist, Karine Jean-Pierre, was asked that question, and she said it's totally fine because the video was taken outside, and there's no risk outside that we will arrest you for paddle boarding in California. But then an hour earlier, to make this even messier because it's inherently messy because it's Biden related, the White House released this picture and it shows Joe Biden, brace yourselves, indoors at his desk, no mask. So who shot that picture? Is that person still alive? Does that person have monkeypox? Presumably the White House photographer is vaccinated. That's got to be a requirement of work in there. But as we just saw, that may make the photographer more vulnerable to infection. And in fact, and we hate to say this, it might mean the photographer has now more likely to face serious health complications. So underlying all of this is a really ominous fact, and that is a lot of people have been hurt by this. You hate to say it. Germany's Ministry of Health found that one in 5,000 Germans have suffered, quote, serious side effects after a COVID-19 vaccine. Now, one in 5,000 may seem like a lot or a little, but extrapolate forward to the United States, a country with our population. That would mean that in the U.S., if that number holds constant across countries, and why wouldn't it, it would mean more than 100,000 Americans may have been seriously injured by the COVID vaccine. Why does no one talk about them? Why does nobody care? And what happens to them now? If Joe Biden accomplishes a single thing as, as president, he will be getting more people to ask that question today. And it's a fair question. And... To end, science is about questions. Science is questioning. So anyone who tells you you're anti-science for asking a question doesn't understand what science is. Dr. Harvey Risch is a professor emeritus of epidemiology at the Yale School of Public Health, and he joins us tonight. Doctor, thanks so much for coming on. What worries me in all of this is not necessarily what the results are of these studies, though they seem kind of scary. But the fact that no one in charge of our public health systems is talking about it, apologizing for statements they made that were wrong, there's no accountability. I just feel like no one's going to ever trust doctors again after this. I'm really- worried about that.
10: Well, I'm worried about the credibility of medicine, about public health, about government institutions, about Congress people, even. Nobody has been forthcoming and talking honestly about any of this.
9: But- Our whole system, I never thought about this until the last two years, but it's it's built on trust and everybody trusts their doctor. I always have. Everybody does. People love doctors. Doesn't the medical establishment understand that their credibility is at stake and that's kind of existential for them and for all of us?
10: Well, the problem is that doctors are more afraid of what happens if they go outside the permitted messaging than just hiding behind going along to get along, you know, and and so their credibility loss follows because they were unwilling to stand up to the message. You are one of the few
9: who's had heterodox views on this and has said so publicly. What have? Other professors you worked with, other physicians that you know, people who have
10: lived in your world for some time, what have they said to you privately? I have lots of people who've supported what I've said. People from diverse walks of life and different academic disciplines, not just medicine, epidemiology and science, that basically everybody's got some reason to be scared about being public because of negative consequences to them, their economics, their family and whatever. So they prefer prefer to just kind of be under the radar. And in fact, the telemedicine groups have been under the radar but have treated more than a quarter million of Americans with the drug drugs that one's not allowed to talk about, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, very, very successfully, overwhelmingly successfully, a quarter of a million people treated that way. And it's all sub rosa, but it's, it's working that way.
9: Boy, you read accounts of the Soviet Union, Soviet science that was so ideological that it was insane. Are you worried that that's happening in our country?
10: Well, yes and no, you know, to the degree that people believe our current insanity, I would be worried about it. But I don't know that there's a large amount of belief except for maybe 20 or 30% of the, the medical establishment and the general population that are true believers. And the, the rest are either skeptics or know the truth but can't really come out with it, can't be public about it.
9: Oh, man, I feel like we're losing a lot right now. Thank you for your bravery and your commitment to actual science. Dr. Harvey Risch,
1: great to see you. Pleasure. Got to be honest with you, that is the first national broadcast in which this whole issue that you just heard Dr. Risch and Tucker Carlson talk about has been discussed openly. In the first hour of the show this morning when we opened up, you heard Richard Hirschman, a board-certified funeral director that is working on bodies that's finding this crazy, rubbery, um, whatever it is, thing in veins of people that he's embalming. And he didn't say this on the show. I'll say this now. 80% of the people that he is embalming have this. Now, does that mean 80% of his community where he lives in Alabama um, are doing the same things, eating the same things, drinking the same things, taking the same things, and this is just a common thing that happened. Of course, he did not even know if 80% of the people in that community are even vaccinated or even if it, this is a product of vaccines. But don't you think it's time that we find out? Don't you think that would be prudent? especially when I mean, think about what we're talking about. The most progressive... Most intellectual, with the most education of any country on the planet. And we still can't get the answers. Now, let me blow your mind a little further. I just received a text from Richard Hirschman. And it is a text that contains a job posting by the CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. It's for a contract employee. In other words, somebody that is not technically an employee of the CDC, but has a contract with them to perform some services. So let me just read this. I am reading this from a job posting, an actual job posting. I'll skip down through the, you know, it lists the contract type, how long it's going to be, past performance required, those kind of things, and get to the scope that describes the job. Here we go, quote, The contractor shall provide support and technical assistance to CDC and FDA by supporting work in the following areas. The tasks below are not in order of priority. These tasks include, number one, administrative, number two, report receipt and processing, number three, VERS follow-up activities, and enhanced surveillance, four, quality control for VAERS data, and five, information management. Now VAERS is, I think by now everybody knows what that is. It's a weekly report published by the CDC on their website, and it's following the vaccine adverse effects and reactions to the different, various vaccinations that we have. They've been doing this all the way back to 1992. But let me finish telling you what's in this job posting. It continued, quote again, Current VARES plans, protocols, procedures, manuals, standard operating procedures, software, some hardware, etc., may be provided by the government for adoption slash modification. Example. The contractor would not have to develop all entirely new products, but would have the option of rolling over, adopting, or modifying existing ones. Additionally, scanning reports for the image database, certain manual data entry tasks, and other processes clearly related to paper reports shall only apply to paper reports. Well, that's deep, isn't it? <laughs> but here's the part in this job posting that I want Really, won't and feel like you need to hear. The contractor shall implement a staffing and operations plan focusing only on vaccine adverse event reports after COVID 19 vaccines to help process an estimated 770,000 digital reports per year. 770,000 adverse, vaccine adverse reaction reports per year. Periods of heavier and lighter reporting volume are anticipated throughout the year. Contractor is responsible for maintaining active monitoring and adjusting of the number of reports processed on an annual basis. Our CDC is ramping up It's employees because they're overwhelmed with the vaccine adverse reactions that they're getting. And they're trying to figure out how to handle it. I'm telling you folks, we've said it from the beginning. You've been saying it. You've been telling me I get calls, emails, texts all the time telling me there's something wrong with this thing. You know, they're pushing this vaccine. Why are they pushing it? Why didn't they take time to make sure it was safe for us? I don't have any of those answers, but I can tell you this. There's a whole lot more that we don't know that we're finding in little bitty bits and pieces one at a time. And this may, what we just heard earlier from Richard Hirschman, this may be the biggest blockbuster in medicine that we've had in my 68 year lifetime.
7: Sadly, we're just gonna have to wait. Ah, luxury. The aroma is full bodied, the flavor is decadent, the touch divine, and the drive? Yes, the drive of luxury is simply Infinity. Introducing the Infinity Luxury Test Tour. If you think you are familiar with luxury, you haven't driven an Infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove invites you to truly become familiar with luxury and take a luxury test tour. It's like a test drive, but with more luxury. We invite you to drive luxury to luxury. Not for an hour or even a day, but for an entire weekend. Your choice. Select your Infinity and motor off to a luxury weekend in Lake Tahoe or Napa Valley. And yes! All the luxury is on us. Introduce yourself to LuxuryTestTour.com and truly become familiar with luxury. Infinity of Elk Grove is literally giving you the keys to a luxury experience like none other. LuxuryTestTour.com. Drive luxury, drive infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove. Expect more. What are you doing? Should we pick him up? He has Bud Light. He has an ax.
11: But he has Bud Light. An axe. I'm sure there's a reason for it. Hey, buddy. What's with the axe? It's a
4: bottle opener. Hop in. Refreshingly smooth Bud Light. Always worth it. Look, here's Bud Light. In a chainsaw.
0: So, Ms. Harris, what makes you think you're a good fit with us here at Schmidt, Starks, and Sopransky? Oh, sir,
11: there are so many reasons. I specialized in research and theoretical studies for several years at the Southampton Institute, mm-hmm. preceded by intensive graduate studies at Syracuse. <laughs> Certainly, my skills are well-suited for a position here at Schmidt, Starks, and... Sopransky. Oh,
4: thanks. A job interview and a root canal on the same day. Want to get away? Get the heck out of there with Southwest Airlines. Fly coast to coast for $99 or less by November 3rd.
11: It was nice meeting you, sir.
4: Yes,
1: we'll get back to
4: you soon. Soon. Southwest Airlines, a symbol of freedom. Call
5: 1-800-IFLY-SWA.
1: OMG. It's amazing. I've said this. For years, it's amazing how much stuff comes out on Fridays, government-related stuff, and why it's on Fridays. They do it purposely, folks. More Americans are not cognizant to the news on Fridays because everybody's thinking about the weekend. As a matter of fact, COVID kind of ramped up the policy that a lot of companies were using during the pandemic, four-day work week. So a lot of people... They're off on Fridays. And we had one of those pop up just minutes ago. You know, we're in the middle of this um, green new energy thing, electric cars and wind energy and nuclear and yada, yada, yada. The one thing we can have is natural gas and oil. Oh, my gosh, you just can't do it. It's it's destroying the nation. The two biggest polluters on earth are India and China. But don't worry about them. They're all in with this. They're just like the rest of us. Their leaders are out there and they're pushing hard for these uh, turbine wind energy things that you see all over the country. Just imagine as massive as China is how many of these they could build and just think about how many of those uh, solar panels they have room to put over their country. They could just I mean in a matter of just a short while, be autonomous with their energy and not have to use carbon fossil fuel. Well, guess what China did yesterday? China's National Energy Administration, NEA, they approved yesterday a coal mine project that is worth half a billion dollars. In the country's Inner Mongolia Autonomous Region. The project, they say, has annual production capacity of 4 million tons of coal a year, with phase one at 1.2 million tons, phase two at 2.8 million. Now, what's this all about? I mean, we're going green. Isn't everybody else going green? Well, Germany had to fire up their coal operation that they had completely shut down because Vladimir Putin now holds the spigot for natural gas for all of Northwest Europe, thanks to Joe Biden. I thought we were going away from fossil fuel and the greatest polluter on Earth is spending half a billion dollars for a new coal plant. Now, what does that tell you? (laughs) Let me give you another couple of uh, crazy things. There's been a lawsuit filed by the left-wing American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, on behalf of two men living as women, and they've reached a settlement that's going to force Georgia's Medicaid program to pay for sex change surgeries and other transgender treatment. Now, I thought Medicaid was put together to help people, poor people, lower-income people that can't afford commercial or other types of insurance so that they don't have to worry about their really important health care. I'm sorry. Sex change, transgender treatment, it's a thing. No doubt about it. But I don't think the American taxpayer should be forced to pay for it. That's what Medicaid does. Sean Thomas Gwendolyn Cheney claimed that Georgia Medicaid had discriminated against the men, which they were repeatedly called women, in reporting about it. Gender-affirming surgeries are safe, effective, and medically necessary. That's what Taylor Brown, who's a staff attorney with the ACLU LGBTQ and HIV Project, said. The ability to get gender-affirming surgical care regardless of socioeconomic status is an important factor in eliminating systemic health disparities and inequities that many transgender people face. So we're paying for that. Medicaid is paid half by the federal government, half by the states. So we're picking up half the tab for Georgia, for sex change operations. A big portion of our show today, so far at least, has been about COVID-19 and other stuff like that. Well, guess what? Ghana. Ghana and Africa. You know, everywhere on earth, viruses are never good. Healthcare pros can treat many with proper care and attention, but health officials have no treatment, no vaccine for the Marburg virus. I've never heard of it. Marburg, M-A-R-B-U-R-G. And it's reappeared in Ghana, Ghana and Africa, and two people have died so far. Last Sunday, Ghana health authorities confirmed two cases of this Ebola-like Marburg virus after a lab in Senegal verified the cases only the second ever to happen in West Africa, this outbreak. The first was in 2021. So the CDC doesn't know precisely how the Marburg virus transmits from fruit bats to humans. That sound familiar? Fruit bats to humans. They don't know how it gets transferred. Now this is the CDC. They're over all of the United States medical stuff in conjunction with the FDA. This virus is not new. My wife's niece is a doctor that works with Dr. Anthony Fauci. She's gone all over the planet, especially a bunch of time in Africa, researching to find cures for these viruses that seem to first show up in Africa. And with all this research going on, billions of dollars that we taxpayers spend They tell us this, quote, the CDC doesn't know how the Marburg virus transmits from fruit bats to human. It confirms the disease spreads between humans through bodily fluids. Scientists discovered the highly lethal disease at labs in Belgrade, Yugoslavia, and Frankfurt. And of course, Marburg, Germany. Symptoms. What are they? Well, they start with a real high fever, headache, a rash, nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, following shortly after. There's more stuff that can happen later on, and that ranges from pancreatitis and liver failure to hemorrhaging. It may take anywhere from two days to three weeks for the symptoms to even show. So what's going on in the world with the the, the experts? Well, the WHO, World Health Organization, is contact tracing and quarantining those in Ghana who came in contact with the deadly disease. They're going to try to stop this outbreak quickly because the mortality rate is over 90%. However, they tell us a disclaimer, the risk of exposure for Americans, oh, it's no big deal. You don't need to think about it in America. And then they dropped the new one on us. You heard this, I think we've mentioned it. The new BA.5 variant now makes up 78% of active COVID cases here in the U.S. Another vaccine is approved by regulators, even as the number of infections and deaths caused by the virus flattened out over the past week. So the BA.5 variant makes up Four out of every five infections in the U.S. It's believed to be the most infectious strain of the virus yet. It has the ability to evade immunity from a previous infection. Oh my gosh. Another COVID vaccine is expected to fight the virus with the CDC signing off on the rollout of the Novavax jab this week. Some experts, they oppose the continued rollout of COVID-19 vaccines, though. And they believe the immunity any half from the initial two shots and in previous infections will suffice. Well, look at the facts, folks. All these variants keep coming around. Is this going to be like the flu? I mean, they normalized it. Every year, the flu morphs. There's another type of flu. So you got to get a different type of flu vaccination. I don't take those anymore, but I, for years, that was kind of a standard procedure before the fall. I got the latest flu vaccination. I've never had the flu, so maybe it works. (laughs) I don't know why I was taking vaccinations all those years. I never got the flu, but I guess when you get old, I think the magic number to determine somebody's old is 60. So when I cross 60, everybody thinks I'm about to lay down and die. (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. Don't say you're not in that category. When you get over 50, you realize that more of your life is behind you than is in front of you. You begin to think about things a little bit different. One of the things that has just horrified me in the nation is the public education implosion that we've watched happen just over the last two years. Well, it may have been happening long before we knew it was happening. And I believe it does. I believe all this woke stuff, this sexual education for kids as young as four and five years old in public schools and all of this training and actually working with kids, even kids that aren't having any problem with their sexual identity, they're working with kids and dropping questions in these little kids' minds, and then they're coaching these kids on transgendering away from their biological sex. It's happening more and more and more. Cases almost daily show up, and the big thing for all of them is don't tell your parents. That should tell us all something. And this is all being driven. There's a bunch of politics in it. But the teachers' unions... They're the ones driving this, and it's been really tough. You go up against the teachers' union. They are very well off financially, and they're very powerful. Now, why in the world our teachers would need a union on a national basis? I don't know, but I ask that question all the time. What are unions good for? Back in the last, the early part of the last century, when People were working 10, 12, 14 hour days and making, you know, 50 cents an hour for doing something like that. Working conditions were horrible. You got no slack, you got no time off. During that era, that's what unions were formed to do, was to take care of the workers. These unions now, especially the teacher unions, they're taking care of the unions.
5: Randy Weingarten's organization's own poll results backfiring. A survey conducted by the American Federation of Teachers shows that voters trust the GOP more than Democrats on issues in the classroom. Corey DeAngelo, senior fellow at the American Federation for Children, joins me now. Wow. Novel concept, having an organization that represents the interest of the kids, not all the other players in education. Um, How much of a self-own was this poll for Randy Weingarten and her teachers' union?
2: I mean, look, this was just an epic cell phone for Randy Weingarten. Her teachers' union's own poll destroying her own narrative, just tearing her narrative into shreds. And, look, it found that uh, Republicans were winning on the issue of education and that Democrats were more likely to be viewed as over-politicizing the classroom, which is the complete opposite of what Randy Weingarten has been tweeting over and over again every single day. She's been blaming the Republicans, but her own poll found that the Democrats, if anything, were more Responsible for over politicizing the classroom. And since then, there's been another poll that just came out from the Democrats for Education Reform, also finding Republicans up on the issue of education by about three percentage points overall and by nine percentage points with parents. So the GOP has a perfect opportunity here to become the parents' party. Hopefully, they don't screw it up, and uh, they they can learn from from Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. He showed them the way to lean into parental rights. It's a political winner, and. Look, if you want a red wave, this is the way to do it.
5: You took the words right out of my mouth in light of this poll, in light of Virginia, and let me add, in light of school board races across the country where the Republican has won resoundingly, why don't Democrats change course and stop politicizing education?
2: They should stop, but the thing is, they're in a catch-22 situation. The Democrats have overrelied on the teachers unions. Randy Weingarten, who we just talked about, AFT's campaign contributions—99% of those contributions have gone to Democrats as opposed to Republicans in 2022 so far, according to the Open Secrets campaign contribution website. So the Democrats have to make a decision now, and Republicans, if they're smart, they'll make the Democrats make that decision. Republicans are in a win-win situation on the issue of education. And and look, this polling is a sea change. Even though it was only about a three percentage point advantage overall, for Republicans to even be close to Democrats on education, this is a seismic shift in what we've seen for decades. Democrats have always been up, or for a long time at least, on the issue of education. So for it to even be close, it would be a, a, an important story. But for Republicans to be up in two polls over the past couple of months from left-leaning sources on the issue of education, this doesn't look good for Democrats in the Midterms and look, if the Republicans want to give a gift to the Democrats, they won't talk about education, they won't touch it like they've done for far too long. If they're smart, though, they'll lean into this just like we saw with Glenn Youngkin in Virginia, who cracked the code. This is the blueprint for success going forward education, freedom, parental rights and education, school choice, these are all political winners. And at the same time, coming out against parental rights and education after the past two years in particular is becoming a form of political suicide. So hopefully politicians from all parties pick the side of the parents. Could this be the midterm
5: election that marks the beginning of the end for the teachers union monopoly over our
1: kids' education? We will see in a few short months. Got to be honest with you. When I listen to that report, <clears throat> it really angers me that the teachers and the unions have just pushed public education so far to the left. That's one thing, but I don't think we need to politicize this entire process. It doesn't need to be Republican or Democrat. I think what they're talking about, of course, are the um, the elections that are coming up for school board members. That is critical. Don't get me wrong, but what has got to happen is parents have got to step up and get active, get vocal. Don't do anything violent, nothing that can turn violent. I'm not talking about that. But I'm telling you, if the parents, there are far more parents in this nation than there are public school teachers. Did you know that? If the parents will stand up and take back the right and the responsibility for the education of their kids. And if it takes voting Democrats out, those school board members that are Democrats, vote them out. Most of them have just swallowed the um, woke pill. And holding those policies that they're so against and they're finding out have been happening for months and months and even years to their kids in public school. That's a big bomb. It didn't just happen though. It didn't just happen when the woke generation came out and went public. It's been going on. Parents, wake up. You can't go back and redo those first six, seven, eight years of a kid's life regarding education, especially. What you put into them needs to be what forms them and shapes them and gives them a foundation on which to grow as they go out and experience the world for themselves. They're hiding the facts from parents purposely telling the kids, don't talk to your parents about them coaching them. Hey, you don't act like, you just don't act like a little boy. You like to play with dolls. You like to hang around with girls. Maybe you're really a girl. Your biology may not say that, but you know what? We can help you handle that to make that transition so you can be who you really are. That conversation is happening. I know we don't want to think about it, but it's happening. Betsy DeVos, Donald Trump's secretary of the Department of Education, she knew all about this and she tried to warn us all that it was going on. And the woke... The woke unions, those very, very wealthy Democrat leftist groups got together and they attacked Betsy DeVos and did everything they could to diminish her credibility and make her be quiet. That's the way it happens. But parents, there are too many of you. They can't do that to you. Don't let it happen. Before we get away from uh, medicine and get away from viruses and diseases, did you know the New York Department of Health yesterday reported a case of polio in a resident in the state's Rockland County? Polio. This marks the first polio case in the U.S. in nearly a decade. The department said it was identified through sequencing at the Wadsworth Center, its public health lab, and confirmed by the CDC. The sequencing of this polio virus shows revertent polio Sabin type 2 virus. Polio, I, mean, I hate, hate to say it. Polio is a virus. Now I'm going to give you the formal explanation Quote, This is indicative of a transmission chain from an individual who received the oral polio vaccine, which is no longer authorized or administered in the U.S., where only the inactivated polio vaccine, IPV, has been given since 2000. This suggests that the virus may have originated in a location outside of the U.S. where OPV is administered, that's oral polio vaccine, since reverted strains cannot emerge from inactivated vaccines so we have Marbury we have COVID-19 we have BA5 we have polio does it seem to you that maybe some if not all of this stuff is being manipulated a little bit Oh, and then we can't forget this. Monkeypox cases have increased in the U.S. by 500 in just five days. This is from the CDC. New York, California, Illinois accounted for 50% of all U.S. monkeypox cases. The top five hotspots, New York City, California, Illinois, Florida, and Georgia. New York City health officials report the number of cases just in that city alone, 778. That's up from 639 on July 19th. The most current report shows 68% of the cases involve people under age 40. In addition, 97% are men, while one is attributed to a woman. The remainder reported under transgender or unknown categories. Why are they doing our stats this way now? But listen, it's not not over. Listen to this. Protest by gay activists against the Biden administration's handling of the monkeypox outbreak are spreading across the country. The protesters are claiming the Fed, federal government, is not doing enough to provide outreach to those vulnerable communities. Many are comparing the response to the current outbreak of the HIV AIDS virus, adding that shame and stigma stifle efforts in combating the illness. The stark and clear parallels of the lack of investment and the negligence, Jason Rosenberg, an activist, said in this ABC report. We saw little to no investment when we saw the few outbreaks that were happening back in May. AIDS activists told the federal government in May, we need to act on this. We need quicker investment in our stockpile of monkeypox vaccines. And time and time again, they refused that call to action. Here we go again. It illustrates the last thing we were talking about. They are going to turn everything that they can possibly use as a weapon and use it politically in every single Case. And so, what have we talked about? The Marbury, the BA5, the regular COVID, of course, Omicron. We talked about down in Ghana. And then we talk about monkeypox. (laughs) I got to be honest with you. There is too much going on for any of this and the way it's all coming down to just be. One of those things that just happened. You know what I mean. I'm just saying it seems that way to me. I have no knowledge. I'm not saying I've got a theory about anything. But it seems like there's some coordination being done for some of this. A bad thing happened up in New York yesterday. Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin was a member of the U.S. uh, Congress in the House of Representatives. He didn't run for re-election there because he's running for the governor's race in New York. Yesterday, he was attacked. Attacked during he was giving a speech at a gubernatorial campaign stop in Parenton, New York, last night. And this guy, pretty big guy, pulled out a sharp object and came after him up on the stage. He was at the Veterans of Foreign Wars post-event giving a speech about bail reform, when a man just got on the stage, wrestled with Zeldin, pulled out a blade. That's according to one witness. The individual who allegedly tried to attack Zeldin was taken down by veterans, National Director Joe Chinelli. He tackled the guy and got on top of him until the authorities got there. After the attack, Zeldin went back on the stage and he continued to talk. Sheriff's office came in and they took the guy, they arrested him. And guess what happened? We're talking about New York. You tell me what happened. The guy attacked, it doesn't matter who, but he attacked Lee Zeldin, the probable next governor of New York. He was, um, arrested, booked, and they let him go. He's back on the streets. And oh, by the way. In the middle of all of this, guess what happened yesterday? The governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, she put out a press release, and in the press release, she urged all of her supporters to, and this is her term, RSVP to her Republican challenger, Lee Zeldin's upcoming campaign stop. And she put that out a couple hours before that guy rushed the stage and went after Zeldin. Now think about that, the governor, hardcore leftist Democrat, she is really, really in your face about every Democrat leftist cause you can imagine. If this had been a Republican governor, and let's say a Democrat running for governor in that state is up on the stage and some Republican jumped out there, pulled out a blade and obviously was going to try to do damage to that Democrat candidate. What would the general public say about that governor who put out a press release encouraging all of their supporters to go see Lee Zeldin at this event? You're not going to hear one word about that from anybody. Why? Simple. She's a Democrat. Republicans, (laughs) we're all expendable. And I'm not a Republican, but I'm a conservative. We're all expendable. Our lives really don't matter. No big deal. She came out and apologized for doing that. But you can't put the genie back in the bottle, can you? Have you heard or watched any of the latest trouble going on for House Speaker Nancy Pelosi? This thing that she and Paul Pelosi have worked, oh, perfectly for all these years, she's been a member of Congress and especially the years that she's been the Speaker of the House, they get all kinds of information that you and I don't get. And the latest thing, of course, is very mysteriously last week, uh, Paul bought a big block of this stock and the next day, The House considered a bill a big giveaway to one sector of our economy. And that company that Paul bought that stock in happened to be part of that sector. Washington, D.C. and the nation erupted. You just can't let this happen. These people in Congress... They're getting filthy rich based off of information. And what's worse now, it appears, based on the fact that they're involved in legislation consideration that will do positive things for these companies. And they're buying, very secretly, before any of this gets to the public, they're buying stock and they're making a fortune. Tulsi Gabbard last night, She was on with Jesse Waters. I like her, she's a Democrat, but she speaks factually. Here's Tulsi and Jesse.
12: We're learning tonight Democrats on Capitol Hill are angry. Well, they're always angry, but this time they're angry at Speaker Nancy Pelosi. A new report says House Democrats are baffled by Pelosi's effort to stonewall a bill that would ban stock trading for members of Congress. They're allegedly trying to jam Pelosi into letting the bill hit the House floor. But Nancy wants the bill dead. This is coming just after Nancy's husband, Paulie P., hit the jackpot again after buying up shares of a company directly impacted by the new chip bill. Earlier today, when Nancy was asked about her conflict of interest, she angrily walked away. Watch.
5: Uh, over the course of your career, has your husband ever made a stock purchase or sale based on information you received from you? No.
12: Absolutely not. And that was the end of the press conference. guess Fancy Nancy wants us to think it's the luck of the draw that Pauly P just knows how to nail every trade. Drops a million dollars into Tesla. Biden miraculously announces a new deal. Splashes almost six mil on Microsoft. Government hands them a juicy $10 billion contract. Slings 20,000 shares of a chip company called NVIDIA. Then the Senate passes a $52 billion chip bill. Paulie P must just be the luckiest man in Napa, right, Nance? Tulsi Gabbards, a former Democratic congresswoman and a presidential candidate. All right, Tulsi, you were in the House. You know how this deal is. The natives are restless, as they say. Is Nancy losing her grip on the House?
6: Uh, We'll see. We'll see about that. But what we're seeing here, Jesse, is the same thing that I saw when I was in Congress is this blatant corruption uh, being exposed in broad daylight. The system is rigged. We have people in positions of power to pass legislation uh, to enact new policies. They can see, okay, hey, here's the industries or companies that will benefit from this. I'm going to go and make these investments, buy this stock or that stock or have my husband or wife do it and then make money uh, in the process. I introduced legislation to ban this, Mm. to make it so that no member of Congress or their spouse uh, or senior staffers for that matter would be able to conduct what what is illegal which is insider trading but but i think it's important also to look at this especially in the environment that we're in right now What is even more dangerous than what we're seeing here is that we have members of Congress who are investing in companies or industries that will benefit from a new Cold War or conflict, for example, and these are the very same people who are making the policies who have a vested interest in stoking those tensions and amping up this new Cold War, directly benefiting from it, and simultaneously undermining our actual national security for our country and the interests of the American people. This is happening uh, right before our eyes. We, the American people, need to see it, recognize it, and bring about an end to this corruption.
12: I couldn't agree more. You have Congressmen and women making money off guns and butter. It's been happening for a long time. When you were there, were you aware of members of Congress, maybe— seeking office or um, or using the office to enrich themselves on the side Well, as,
6: as you know jesse i mean this this came up in 2012 when i was running for congress for the first time in campaigning and the congress passed this thing called the stock act supposedly to try to make it so that insider trading wouldn't be happening in congress however like many of these bills that congress passes that are supposed to police themselves it did nothing at all, uh, <laughs> it still allowed the, them to continue to conduct insider trading. It just said, "Hey, you've got to report on what you're investing in. You've got to tell the public what you're investing in." Many members of Congress aren't even following that basic transparency requirement, but it has still allowed—again, they created a loophole for themselves. Right. And they're exploiting the heck out of it. You're
12: right. They don't have to um, report until like like months later or weeks later. Right. And a lot of them don't even care to report it at all. So. Again,
6: and, and, and if they don't, what is it? It's like a couple hundred dollar fine. Ooh. And yet you have certain people making millions of dollars. Uh, this is why people are just like, man, how do, we take, how do we take Congress seriously when they're so blatantly exploiting the system for their own personal selfish benefit? Yeah,
12: we got to bring back term limits.
1: That would be a good solution. So we're complaining. We see and hear about this every day. Nancy Pelosi has been doing it for years. We told you earlier it was so bad back when she was in her first run as House Speaker. It was so bad Congress, the House of Representatives, passed a rule for Congress that said you could not do what Paul Pelosi is doing now. Members of Congress could not do that. In fact, she was doing it so much they named it the Pelosi rule. Well here we are a couple of decades later, she's Speaker of the House and she's taking it to a new high. How do we, the people, handle this? Jesse gave you one example, term limits. The other, hey, I like I, I when I like somebody that's doing a job in Congress and they do it term after term, I don't care if it's the Senate or the House, and they're not doing things like Pelosi is doing through her husband, and who knows else is doing it. Um, you got to stop it. Term limits is a good thing for a lot of reasons, but it won't stop it. What will stop it is to make it illegal. No member of Congress can make any stock transaction while they're in Congress nor can their immediate family members. If you have a bunch of money in the stock market, it must be placed before you take office in a blind trust in which, obviously the name is blind trust, the person that has that account in this blind trust has no information good or bad, knows nothing about anything going on in that blind trust while they're serving in Congress. And there are a lot of people that say, we'll never do that. We'll never get them to do that. Well, you know the reason we'll never get them to that if we never get them to that. Who decides how much money you make if you're a member of Congress? Who decides what your office expense account is? Who decides what perks you get, like things like... um, a workout center, swimming pool, uh, a restaurant or cafeteria in the Capitol going there and getting free meals. Well, they're not free. The taxpayers pay for it. But who decides all of that? Why do most members of Congress make about $170,000 a year? That sounds like a pretty good wage to me. And of course, they whine about it justifiably so, because if you know anything about the D.C. area, to live up there cost a fortune. Housing is out the wazoo, as well as everything else about living there. But they know all of this before they take the job. And then they start complaining. I just don't understand it, but it happens, and it's going to continue to happen as long as we, the people, let it happen. We should insist on, if you even want to codify it in an amendment to the U.S. Constitution, I think there would be enough support among the populace of the United States to do that for this reason. The people need to be the ones that negotiate all the benefits, all of the responsibilities constitutionally. That members of the U.S. House of Representatives, their staffs, and the United States Senate and their staffs, all of the rules, financial rules, under which they operate. We, the people, should do that. Well, that'll never happen, Dan. Well, then if that'll never happen, shut your mouth about griping about any of what we're talking about. Because that's never going to change. The love of money is the root of all evil. I don't know. If Nancy Pelosi and Satan are close, I really don't. I don't know if they talk every day. But I'm pretty certain that they each have the other on speed dial. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm not a big Pelosi fan, obviously. Another person I'm not really fond of, I used to be, is Liz Cheney, who's a Republican in the House from Wyoming. And She was asked yesterday, she has gone after, she is the cog in the wheel uh, that makes this January 6th committee roll, and it's because she is a Republican. She can't stand Trump. She comes out against him. She, is, she claims he's evil. Uh, he's going to destroy the country. Republicans have been robbed. The super MAGA, whatever you want to call them, or Joe Biden wants to call those people are evil. They're going to destroy the nation. So in an interview published yesterday with the New York Times, Liz alleged that her alliance with Democrats on this January 6th stuff to attack Trump, it's not political. It's educational. Quote, I don't look at it through a political lens. She talked about her work on the committee. I look at it through the angle of people need to understand how dangerous he Trump is and how unfit for office he is. I don't I don't know if I need to keep going or just stop there and just rip her a new one for this. Who is she? Who is she? I know she's a member of the House of Representatives she's from Wyoming. By the way, the seat that she holds now in the House of Representatives is the only seat in the House of Representatives that Wyoming has. It's based on population. They only have one member in the House. Of course, they have two senators, but one member in the House. She holds that claim. Where constitutionally does any member of Congress have authority to make any decisions about any of their job based upon what they think about a sitting president or someone who may run for president she says he's dangerous talking about trump and he's unfit for office now we have 4 years of mr trump as president unfit for office everybody on the left for 4 years attacked his mental acuity, his physical acuity, his cognitive abilities, every day almost, they went after him. And he was in a very healthy condition. He did get COVID, but he was smart and he was back on the street in two days. You remember that? Going 100%. How is he unfit for office? If How can anybody make a realistic, factual case that based upon whatever you want to base it on, Donald Trump is unfit for office. Well, Liz does have the power to make that decision. For who? For her. One person. Liz Cheney has one vote for who sits in the White House. There are 330 other million. 330 million, other Americans, their opinions of the fitness, the abilities, and if one is a danger, they have the same power that she does to make that statement. And the fact that she's saying this to me, I got I to be honest with you. She's trying to cover up and make up for the stuff that she's done. She's gotten praise from Democrats for joining them. And in her primary in Wyoming, that's just around the corner, a Trump-endorsed opponent, Harry and Harriet Hageman, is down by 30 points in the state of Wisconsin. Additional polling shows 54% of voters are less likely to support Cheney after tangling with Donald Trump on this committee. The polling shows that Cheney may have politically miscalculated by obsessing over Trump, a political figure who is very popular in Wyoming. In 2020, he won the Cowboy State by 70% of the vote. Why, oh, why would Liz Cheney do this? Now, she's Dick Cheney's daughter. Remember him? Vice President under Bush 43. Most people used to say Dick Cheney ran the White House, and he may have. But they, and obviously she, they come from that Republican Party segment the Bush segment that typically a lot of people today would call them rhinos, Republican in name only, because in many ways, that whole group was not very conservative. I know that's very controversial for me to say that, but I'm saying it because it's factual. Liz Cheney just doesn't fit the role of conservatism that most Americans, most Republicans, most conservatives are looking for in our leadership. And I think Harriet Hageman, we're gonna try to get her on the show. But I believe she will obliterate Liz Cheney. And if that's not enough, this January 6 facade is gonna be exposed also.
0: The truth, straight, no chaser.
1: TNN,
0: The Truth News Network. The world tells you to wait that waiting is polite, and good things will just come. But if I waited to be invited in, I never would have stood out. If I waited for change to happen, I never would have made a difference. So make the first move. Don't wait to be told your place, take it. Don't wait for people to find you, find them. In work, and love and life and most of all don't wait to be given power because here's what they won't tell you. We already have it.
3: I'm a soldier,
4: I'm here's the latest traffic report.
8: Looks like miles of trouble-free driving with Napa Auto Parts. Your local Napa Auto Parts dealer in Modesto has a full line of quality parts for your car or truck. Napa Auto Parts keeps America
4: running and Modesto Auto and Truck is ready to keep your vehicle running in tip-top shape for years to come.
8: So if you think your car or truck needs help under the hood, think of Napa Auto Parts at Modesto Auto and Truck Parts. 924 G Street in downtown Modesto. 529-8342. 529-8342.
0: In a world where truth is in short supply, you have an abundance of it
1: right here. TNN, the Truth News Network. Before we go away from the January 6th committee stuff, a couple of things came out. You know, what they've done is they bring in people, they make these claims, uh, they release parts of people's testimony that will make, or at least they think it will make Donald Trump look bad. But it's not—it's a sham. It's nothing realistic. And one of the lightning rods is a former Trump aide, Cassidy Hutchison. Good-looking woman. Uh, she was an aide, and she was a in-the-tank Donald Trump person when she was in the White House. All of a sudden, she's not a Donald Trump fan at all. In fact, she testified about a lot of things that we were told in advance she was going to say. But then we find out everything she said was hearsay. She didn't know anything that she testified was factual. She has no idea if it was or not. And so one of the things yesterday they did was they changed the narrative about her allegations. One was that uh, that, that Donald Trump fought with a secret agent agent in the back of the car trying to get up and take the control of the steering wheel in the front seat. And she was allegedly told that by somebody in Secret Service. Well, the Secret Service went nuts. They started screaming and hollering, it's not true, we'll come testify to that fact. Of course, they weren't asked to come testify. But the committee has changed that um, seizing the will narrative. They've changed it to formally to have been between President Trump and Secret Service, a heated discussion. Another little goody, Benny Thompson, who's one of the senior members, a Democrat, of course, he claims that police were killed in the Capitol riot. In fact, he said this President Donald Trump failed to stop rioters who were savagely beating and killing law enforcement officers. Well, the Washington Post, fact check, it's false. Some rioters did attack police. They did not kill a single one. The only person killed was Ashley Babbitt, who was one of those people that was shot in the back of the neck and bled out on the floor of the Capitol, shot by a Capitol Hill police person. And, of course, a Washington, D.C., coroner ruled that a murder. The officer was never even brought in for any investigation and, of course, never charged. When I'm done with the January 6th stuff, our buddy Representative Louie Gomert from about 45 miles northeast of, uh, northwest of us over in Texas, he's demanding that that Cassidy Hutchison testimony in that testimony, she accused him of lying. He sent a letter to the committee yesterday demanding they release the full unedited transcript and video, of Hutchinson's testimony to the entire committee. Gohmert said the committee has accused him of malicious lies, and the testimony he said is evidence that he did not lie. This is just nuts, but I'm going to tell you what, being in Washington right now, (laughs) it's just plain nuts. Now what about the law enforcement crap that's going on or not going around around the nation? California drug traffickers, in one single massive fentanyl bust were no-shows in court after they were released from jail on cashless bail. You can't make this up. Two accused drug traffickers, they were busted with 150,000 fentanyl pills during a traffic stop in California. Jose Zendeas and Benito Madrigal, released on their own recognizance less than 24 hours after their arrest with a large stash of fentanyl. I don't know how many people 150,000 fentanyl pills would kill, but it's killed a lot of Americans. They were scheduled to appear for their arraignments at the Tulare County Courthouse in Central California yesterday. Both men can't be found. They're gone. The judge had withdrawn the prior $2 million bond and directed each to be released without bond. And so they got out. Big news again, and this one will impact a lot of people. There's a lawsuit going on. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security is being sued by one federal watchdog for allegedly failing to turn over records in connection to secret service details for hunter Biden during the Obama and Biden administrations. Judicial watch is doing it. Now I told you yesterday, I told you at the beginning of this show today, I was going to tell you who I think is going to be the Democrat representative in the 2024 presidential race, a lot of speculation out there. I don't think it'll be Kamala Harris. Um, I, I don't think it'll be Joe Biden. I don't think it's going to be anybody else like that. There's one person that has a lot of reputation, especially a good reputation on the other side of the aisle. You would expect that. It's a she, and it's not Hillary. Who do you think it is? Michelle Obama. Think about it. Michelle Obama. She brings back a story. She never was president herself, but she brings back a story. She was there with all of the stuff in the middle of it that Donald, uh, Donald Trump, listen to me, that Barack Obama and Joe Biden did during their eight years. And she was the heartthrob of the media. Nobody ever found anything wrong with her. They they put her way up, and i got to be honest with you. I never liked her politics. She is a hard leftist, and she makes no bone about it. But Democrats, they really need somebody that can pull them together. Barack Obama could do that again, but he can't run for a third term. Michelle, she's been rather quiet during these last year and a half months. Hadn't said a whole lot. I think she is the only person that would have a shot to upset what everybody says will probably be, will surely be if Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, whoever the Republicans choose to represent them in 2024, whichever one of them runs, if there's a chance Democrats can win, I think Michelle Obama has got to be their choice. Thank you for being here today. Our interview with Richard Hirschman, the board-certified funeral director that's finding all these strange things in bodies. It's going to be posted on the bottom of today's story at truthnewsnet.org. Tomorrow, don't forget our bullet points. You have a great weekend. Enjoy it. Enjoy your family. Here's a member of my family, my nephew, Des Duron from The Voice. Oh, her eyes, her eyes make the
11: size look like midnight. what I see, but every time she asks me, do I look okay?